0: Gonville and Keys College, Cambridge, late autumn 2019. Forty years after it welcomed women through its doors, we're meeting Kian's past and present to talk about some of the most
1: important issues facing women today.
2: <laughs> On either side, so we'll follow the fellows' staircase to the
1: I'm Hepsiba Adiosun and I came to Keyes in October 2014. I read law and graduated in 2018 after an additional year of management studies at the business school.
2: I'm Karenjit Clare. I came to Keyes in September 2017 and my job then was director of studies, but I then got made as a bi-fellow, so a tutor to 78 students as well. And my subject is geography.
0: Karenjit Clare and Hepsiba Adiosun two Cians who work hard to try and address the issue of diversity in the college, their research and through inspiring the next generation of Cians. They both remembered how they felt before they came
1: to Cambridge. I'm from Northwest London, originally from Nigeria actually, and I moved here when I was 11. So when I was in year 12, I got my AS results and a teacher of mine mentioned that I should probably think about applying to Oxford or Cambridge. So I decided to apply to Cambridge. So I just thought if people were doing it around me, I might as well just go for it. So I decided to go for it.
2: I got brought up in the West Midlands. I was going to either choose UCL or Aberystwyth for geography. And when I went to Wales for the open day, it just really inspired me. The head of department offered me to do a PhD. He was the individual that pushed me. He said, Okay, Carringer, I'm just going to get you a place. Where do you want to be? And he'd already called Cambridge and asked them to interview me with their own students for the PhD. He just pushed me and he said, Carringer, I'd like you to do what you do with me in tutorials. Be yourself. So when they ask you about different parts of your research, push your ideas, like you're open and frank with me. So when I did come here, I was nervous, but I had that moment where I just thought, OK, Karen, J, I'm not going to get in, so be yourself. After their walk around, they sat down to talk, starting
0: by sharing their first impressions of college life.
1: So I remember when I first arrived at Keys, we all had to go to the freshers' area, which is Harvey Court and Stephen Hawking, And we had some really lovely student helpers help us move in. We had to buy a gown because we were going to have formal that evening and I didn't know what formal was. Didn't really understand any of the Cambridge traditions. Didn't know where I was. And we just had a really nice walk actually from um, the Harvey Court area through King's. Just like like a nice, you feel like you're in a movie with your gowns just flowing. um, And we came into Hall and I was just like, oh, OK, there's a lot of noise, like loads of paintings everywhere. I wasn't it, expecting it to be a seated service. So I just sat down and then someone like came over and gave me some bread. And I was like, OK, cool. And we had a three-course meal. And it was a really, really bizarre experience because I just didn't understand what was going on and why it was going on. I just thought we were going to have some dinner, like school-style, you know, canteen, just Get, get your plate and get served dinner. So I thought, okay, that was a moment I think I realised that I was at a weird, unique place. So the, my university experience was going to be quite an interesting one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I used to be the same. I used to think, am I doing it correctly? I've been a bit slow. Do I need to stand up faster? Do I need to look in a particular way? When I first did, come, so I'll be honest, it's embarrassing, but I'll mention it. I came in to the main hall. But I was walking up the fellow staircase, and there were an older group of fellows at the top, and they just looked down and said, excuse me, students I meant to be right over the other side. And I thought, they may be right, because I'm not, you know, I didn't think of myself as like the fellow fellow. Mm -hmm. And then there was a younger fellow behind, and then he just said, sorry, what what do you do? And I said, I've just been hired as like, the Director of Studies for Geography, he was brilliant. He just said, you're in the, exactly the right place, let me show you. And I think the person, again, that really made me feel so welcome and settled was my PhD advisor. Even when I walked into the department one day, we were all meant to meet in the common area, mm-hmm. where we have tea, coffees, and PhD students can sit there with academics. She just saw me, stood up, and shouted, Karen Jett! Please make your way over here. And she just went around and she just said, this is my new student. This is Karajit and she'll be working on this. That feeling that I got here, I've got to be honest, I've never sensed in other places. Mm. Yeah. So tell me, how did you feel about coming
1: here to Keys as the undergraduate? As an un- undergraduate, I think one of the most special things about Cambridge is the collegiate system. So, studying law at Keyes, there were 12 of us in total, and it was nice having a community of 11 other students who you can study with, you can eat with, and ultimately, some of them are still my best friends till today. And I was also in awe of how intelligent they were, like just being surrounded by students who just I can't even explain how intelligent they are. So I remember one of our friends, Cyrus, we just look at him like an encyclopedia. He just knows everything. You'd ask him a question about a legal case, expecting a yes or no answer, and he'd tell you what this judge said, like where the judge got it from, and what other cases it said, and just being able to study in that environment, knowing that I was learning so much, not just from my tutors and my like professors, for, but from my actual fellow students. Um, That was a really, really special moment for me, realising that when I arrived at Cambridge.
2: Being a woman, well, coming here to do law,
1: did you find that any different to the men studying in your groups? It was quite empowering, firstly because my director of studies was a woman, so Pippa was a woman, Amy Ludlow-Kate Miles were also women, we only had one male supervisor at Keyes. And we also had, I think, five females and five males. So it was an even split in terms of gender diversity for the lawyers in my year at Keyes. And I think Keys is just generally quite diverse from a gender point of view anyway. So for a college that takes a lot of science students, we still have quite a few women at the college. It just looked normal to me. I didn't feel like I stood out as a woman. The collegiate system makes it quite difficult to leave your college bubble so you don't really understand what other people's experiences are in the wider university because you're just so contained in your college bubble even from the sporting sense as well we have a women's captain in the athletics team our president at the time was a woman we just had loads of strong women I just had loads of strong women around me so I was kind of oblivious to anything else that was going on So, I'd like to know. Oh,
2: so what did you do in the sporting world?
1: I took part in athletics and netball, and I did athletics for the university. So, in my first year, I competed in the varsity match against Oxford and Cambridge. And then in my third year, I decided that I wanted to go for an actual committee position role. Um, so, I went for the social secretary position. And that was when I got to go to Harvard, Yale, Penn and Cornell. And I thought, whoa, this is such a crazy experience. And I'm so privileged to be able to take part in this tour. And then I decided that I wanted to do another thing in Cambridge and someone mentioned the management studies tripos at the business school I didn't really know much about businesses which was quite worrying because I was going to a career in commercial law so I thought I should probably do a year in management so I decided to do a year in management and in my fourth year or in my third year I decided to run for the women's captain role I was so happy that I decided to stay for a fourth year that year was I think my most fulfilling year in Cambridge just being women's captain to over 55 athletes and you're essentially their mother their coach their therapist you're encouraging um, girls to take part in events that they've never tried before but you encourage them to kind of pursue targets and goals and try and improve their performances in athletics and I found it such an amazing experience and I just yeah being captain of the athletics team was is something that I will always remember I think
2: I would like to know what your PB is for 100 and 200 metres.
1: My PB for the 100 metres was 120, or is 1207. And for the 200 metres, 2517, I think, or something along those lines, 2514. I feel like, yeah, it was a while ago, so I can't actually remember. <laughs> so, let's
2: see, you were fast when you needed to give a book back to the library. <laughs> True. Or pick
1: one up. Yeah, no, very, very or true. Or to
2: drop off an essay. <laughs> that would have been the yeah. quickest. <laughs> How have you found it, being like a black student here?
1: So um, when I arrived at Cambridge, I um, it was definitely noticeable that I was a minority at Cambridge because particularly at Keyes, there were two or... Oh, Three black students in the year above me a few mixed race students in the year above me and my college wife was the only other black student in my year and she was also a law student and I remember it was more noticeable in my third year because my college wife went on Erasmus so she wasn't at the college for the year and the students uh, in the year above me had graduated who were black so I was the only black undergraduate student I think out of over 600 undergraduate students so that was quite a lot and I remembered that I was access officer in my second to third year and third year to fourth year and it was something that was definitely at the back of my mind because as cambridge colleges you have linked areas in the uk and a lot of our linked areas or linked boroughs were southeast london so like newham lewisham which have a lot of ethnic minority students and the difficulty is that these students will come into college and teachers would actually um, request students from a minority ethnic background, if possible, to give the tours just to inspire the students. And I kind of felt the responsibility to do majority of the tours because, I mean, there weren't that many students to choose from. To be honest, I had an Instagram account actually called the Cambridge Bubble, which. I just wanted to share my experiences of Cambridge, of life as a student at Cambridge, because I realised it was just such a bizarre place to be and with all the traditions and the weird things that went on. But I didn't realise how many people were inspired by that Instagram account. And I remember sometimes a few years after I started the account, I'd go to Cindy's, which is the club, and people would say to me, oh, you took me on a tour um, around keys," or, like, I used to follow your Instagram account and I'm really happy that I'm in Cambridge... And I remember a few students actually sent me, well, quite a lot of students sent me their personal statement. And one of the students who's now a third year law student in Cambridge, he sent me his personal statement. I remember I was quite tired of reading personal statements. so I was just like, oh, I can't be bothered to read another one, but I thought I might as well just read this one. And he asked me what college to apply to. And I said, apply to Keys. I just made an alternative prospectus. So he was the first person I gave the prospectus. And he decided to apply to Keys. And he's a black boy at Keys. In his year, I think there were six black students, which is a lot from zero in the year below. I think the following year, there were over twelve black students at Keys, which is probably the most out of any of the other colleges. And the college has been proactive in that respect. So I organised the first BME conference of that the college had. I can't remember what year, either twenty seventeen or 2018 and that's something the college agreed to help and agreed to sponsor and provide the rooms and the lunch for free and that's something that college has decided to do every year for going on from now.
2: So how did you find it like with the diversity events did you think it made a difference which students were invited how did you pull the students to come here?
1: So we decided with the school's liaison officer at the time to reach out to the students in our link areas we knew that A lot of the students wanted to come to cambridge but just didn't really know whether it'd be a place for them and it was important for them to be brought to keys and be brought into the environment just to look at it and see what it's like to be a student at the college we had a lot of really really nice students helping to volunteer for the event i think as students who take part in access events the most special period of time for us is the interview season because we see a lot of the students that we've shown around at Open Days or that have come to our events actually apply to the college. And it's quite special because a lot of them tell you the reason why they applied to the college was because of you. When they got their offers, like they sent me a message saying, I'm really happy that I applied. I'm looking forward to coming to Keys and experiencing it. And one thing I didn't mention actually is I did a school tour, I can't remember, I think either in my second year, And I got sent a letter from these two year nine students, a handwritten letter, which I didn't think people did anymore, by these students who thanked me for speaking to them. And they were like, oh, you've inspired me to apply to university full stop. And I was like, wow, I didn't realise that I'd made such a difference. And that was literally just like 10, 15 minutes of my time just talking about my experience at university. But the fact that it made such a difference, I think that's what reminded me that the access work that We did or I did at college was really important and it was actually making a difference to students. I definitely felt like there was a lot of pressure on me because I wanted to see a change and I felt like I had to work to see a change. Like there's no point of expecting the change to happen because... People rely, a lot of people rely on role models and they rely on what you show them rather than what you tell them. So there's no point of telling students. Keys is diverse if they can't see it. And especially when teachers from other schools requested students from a minority ethnic backgrounds to lead the tours. Sometimes I'd have lectures and be like, do you know, what? I'm just going to skip that lecture to do the tour because otherwise these students won't be inspired or the, the students would just think, well, this is another university that doesn't look like us and we're probably not going to have a good experience and it just takes one moment for a student to just switch off and decide you know what actually this is not for me and the reasons why student the teachers brought those students to keys was because they thought that they would do well in an environment like this or they just wanted to kind of open their minds to a place like this and we had students from year seven all the way up to year 13 so it was like you were inspiring 11 year old kids and if from that age you're telling you bring them to an environment like cambridge and you're telling them oh this is somewhere that could be for you but they look around and they can't actually see anyone that looks like them it can be a little bit damaging because you're just telling them things that but they don't believe it and they could just check out from such a young age and just never really decide to think about a place like this in the future
2: i really care about that site so you've just reminded me one student he's he's at Keyslander. he's a geographer Mm -hmm. he's doing a phd looking at two different communities in london Mm -hmm. so one community is by london city airport he's worked with these young people who are at primary school Mm -hmm. and we got it all confirmed and pushed through that these individuals could come with their school teachers to cambridge now what was really really surprising for them is they've never even left the parts of london they live in Mm -hmm. they're in very impoverished backgrounds where the parents are trying to work do different jobs they don't get the opportunities majority of them were black or asian it was in those sort of pockets and when we all met they were incredibly they you know surprised to see me you know to be told you know i want you here Think about it, that they'd never seen these places, never get to do any opportunities or have fun because they're all restricted to being at home mm. or just walking back and forward to school. And what they saw, they were amazed. And the big thing that I got was that at the end, there was a group of little boys and girls and once I was just walking along. And one said, could I just ask, will you be here when I apply? <laughs> And from that moment, I've said, I will try and be here for when you all apply. Just do it. Work hard. But I said, these are those spaces we want. We want the best. And you guys now have already come here. You've got to explore it. So this is the people that we need. It's from a young age, like you said, to instill that in them from a primary school age rather than just always wait until the end but with the diversity event it was fabulous these were diverse students from all across the university it'd mm. never been in a place and they never expected keys at that time to be the place mm. for you know showcasing diverse communities literature their arts their you know perhaps religious perspectives their mm. cultures their ways of being and they were amazed because we had that all here we had those open conversations mm. And many students contacted me from all different colleges and said, could we see you, please? We'd like to speak to you about this issue or a different issue. Mm -hmm. I care because we want mixture, we want diversity, not just for the sake of having it. Mm -hmm. We still want the best students who feel like they can be here, that this is their home, that Mm -hmm. this is their place. So hearing what you had and that time by coming here, being yourself and what you're doing, you should be very impressed with that. Progress for diversity mm-hmm. should definitely be made by now. Mm-hmm. So when we walk around Cambridge, when we walk around the colleges, you just don't see the communities that are brought up here a part of the college. They tend to be the same sort of backgrounds that you have when people say to me oh karen you care about diversity your work looks at diversity inclusion so i've got a big project looking at youth austerity in london where the olympic site was so i'm looking at the olympic legacy all these kids who were brought up there black communities asian communities and white working class they don't have a place within it these are individuals who might be the brightest Look, when I say, well, how would you think Cambridge is? Mm. They just never expect me to be here, just being Asian, and you know, in, in one way. And when students see me go to give a lecture or a presentation or anything, it's not what they expect. Because those people already have images in their mind. They already feel a particular way. And it does shock me. And one of the most shocking things was when I was doing my PhD, the then Vice-Chancellor, Alison, <laughs> did a talk on diversity and I attended and she said okay to the students there which departments have you know a lot of females will have female professors and I was very keen because I saw lots of females in the department I put up my hand definite we have lots she's okay would you mind searching for me and I did because she said just go through the list and I did it surprised me there was one and this is what my work looks at now. Mm. I gain access to major organisations in London, top-level firms, where it's all seen. You know, we care about diversity, mixture, having the best. The reality on the ground is it's not the case. Mm. People see maybe flux of like women, but you don't realise it's very, very few at the top. Mm. And in terms of diversity, it's very few black academics. One I know who's a sociologist at Jesus talks about her own time, how she walks across the city and how she felt. And I do. So I'll be honest, if someone says to me, are you teaching or are you studying at Anglia? Because it's the assumption if I'm going to shopping mall or, you know, getting something, I will honestly just say yes. Because I won't want, you know, to be seen in any way. But it's that automatic reaction. Am I part of this place? Because of my colour.
1: Yeah. How about for you? No, I agree. I think... It is a shame that in my third year I was the only black student at Keyes when if you looked at a matriculation picture 20 years or 30 years ago that would probably still be the same. And I think a lot of the frustration that students have found is that um, they felt that their diversity initiatives or the diversity initiatives of college have been very student-centric or student-led. And to be honest, I don't have the right answer I don't know what the best way to change that is because what you don't want is for all these students that have all these diverse students that have come to college to graduate leave and then nothing changes for a few years so yes Keyes is getting diverse and is diverse at the moment but you don't want a situation where in 10 years time because all those students have graduated then we're back to square one so I think the college has to be proactive and make sure that if they say they care about these diversity initiatives, then they follow through and they keep them going and they do support the students that care about them. Otherwise, yeah, it will all be pointless, I think.
2: You're right. And I think a good point to that is also, what I notice the difference now is that the current vice chancellor has really pushed for that, Mm. has pushed for diversity because he did a talk that I attended that he said that when he was in Canada, It was just so much more different to when he arrived in Cambridge. He said not to see the communities that he used to just see when he headed, you know, Vancouver and when he was at Toronto. But here, he said he was just shocked. You just didn't see those individuals. Mm -hmm. So he's one of the key people that are trying to push for this. And I think each of the colleges have now tried to put forward different academics who can play a role mm. but you're right it needs to be done from the top and this is what I appreciate he's someone who's actually tr- is now making that mark yeah. rather than like you said just saying yes well we do this cultural event or we'll you know give money towards this but you're right when the students leave what's happening next mm. and we can actually make a difference that then in the future hopefully no one sees what we're talking
1: about now mm. as an issue Can you tell me a bit more about the work you're doing um, around diversity outside of college? Yes. So my doctoral work was on the
2: creative industries. Mm -hmm. These were the sectors that I used to think when I studied. These are going to be cool, creative, open, egalitarian. Of course they are. They're different. Look at the people that come and the way they sell it here in Cambridge when I was here. I gained access to major, major organisations. I can't name them from board level directors, all, you know, all different levels. Mm. I was shocked, where I used to think these issues of gender inequality aren't going to exist in these farms. Surely they were. Yes, they might have the women, first they recruit, Mm -hmm. but very, very few women ever make it to the top. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things I learned was every woman that made it to the top had to have a supportive network Mm -hmm. and someone strong who say, sorry, she deserves this post. Mm -hmm. Has every man except for two who made it to top board level posts all mentioned to me, oh, Karen, we met this person at this event. Then we got a call. And I said, but... You've done everything, but you just didn't know them very well. They'd say no. So what I argue is the strength of weak ties. When we talk about networks, strength of weak ties work for men, but it has to be strong ties for women. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the most surprising parts I've done is on headhunters. I call them labour market matchmakers. Because, again, once I gained access to a very big headhunting firm... And the top-level director then trusted me, because it's all confidential, so I'll never name mm-hmm. them. And he said, OK, Karen Jed, I will tell you why I'm so successful for recruiting for top-board-level posts. Mm-hmm. So I said, like you've always said, if it's a female, you'll put her forward. Mm-hmm. He said, now that I know you, I will never, ever put a female forward for a top-board-level post mm-hmm. unless the firm that are recruiting say to me, oh, we've heard She's good. And he said, the reason why is... I was shocked, as you can imagine. And he said, the reason why is that every time he felt that he put females forward for these posts, they were never, ever getting chosen. Never even, sometimes even interviewed even further. Mm. So then he realised over his time that women had to have some strong backing or some sort of connection to get there. Mm. And I pushed on class. I said, does that matter? He said, of course it matters. He said, when I have that group of men, I just look again on the board and I think, oh, this individual's really going to get on with him. They've got a similar background. Mm. They're going to hit it off. And he said, they never even have to be in the top five. He said, I'll be honest. But he said, I realised I've now played the game and I've become very successful. And he said, I feel awful, but that was the only way I've learned. Mm. When I was putting in the best, they weren't getting chosen. So now I've changed my strategising. It's about similarity. And that's why the people remain the same.
1: Yeah, that's such a shame because how do you undo that or how do you move away from that mindset? I think people just need to unlearn a lot of things. They need to unlearn their unconscious bias because it's just a perpetuating cycle and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because I think it was Sheryl Sandberg that wrote the book about, yeah, just women are less likely to put themselves forward for jobs because they don't think they match all the criteria that the job um, description lists out and when you have other people in the wider circle perpetuating that then it's quite difficult for you to see outside the box from a gender perspective from a race perspective which is why I think every little helps like every single drop in the ocean does actually matter because otherwise like we're never going to change anything yeah yeah tell me about the mentoring you're doing. Uh, so I remember when I was deciding between um, my job offers, which law firm I wanted to end up at. Um, so I'm quite religious and I prayed about it and I just said, I want to end up at a firm where I can continue the access roles I was doing at college because it'd be such a shame to just stop once I leave college and just kind of Go to work and do my own thing and not care about um, access, which is what I'm truly passionate about. And I'm very privileged that the firm I'm at at the moment encourages us to do outreach work. So one of the mentoring programs I'm I'm on it was organised by the firm, and it's with a school in Newham, which ironically is one of our boroughs um, at Keys, and it's a program where we basically just mentor a student. For on an online platform so they send us emails about what they're going through what they're worried about they can send us their cvs we can go through topics together and it's just a nice relationship that you get to build with a student over a year and there was something that i spoke to the people who are in charge of outreach at my um, workplace and they mentioned that the different college does a program with a big firm in the city where they bring the students to the college and then members of that firm in the city also come to the college and they also do work experience at that firm in the city. So it's a nice way of showing students what life is outside of university when they graduate. And they just build really good, strong ties with both the college and the organisation. I think that that's something that Key should potentially explore. And also I'm part of an organisation called the Widening Access Network. And we just, we're really passionate about going into schools and inspiring students and giving presentations, workshops to students who do have the potential to do really well, but they just don't have the access to information or the resources, or they're not told that they're brilliant every day by their teachers. Not that their teachers don't tell them that they're great, but... In private schools, you're more likely to t- be told that, you know, you're the best thing since sliced bread. Whereas a lot of the time at state schools, they're just so poorly funded that you don't even have time to pour as much into your students as you want. So we go into schools and we deliver presentations um and we get very, very positive feedback from teachers. Just recently, actually, I got an email from a teacher asking for more speakers. He was like, he said the speakers we... Took to his school were just so inspirational. They put on their website and asked if I could send some more because he found them really, really inspirational.
2: It's really interesting because I also we've got a linkage here, keys with school in Nunnum as well, and they come about three hundred students. It's a six form level and to hear presentations by academics. Mm-hmm. So when I lecture, I thing is I lecture on global cities and I give a brief lecture on to them on this area. This is their area. This is London. Mm-hmm. But then I speak about the Olympic legacy, the area that they've all been brought up in. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is what's really depressing with my own work. People don't realise this. Yes, we have all this gentrification. Yes, we've had all the political rhetoric that was seen as we're going to make a difference for the people of the East. But that area has one of the highest youth and employment rates in the country. Mm-hmm. And these young individuals who were there... They talk to me how they walk across the Olympic site, how people see them. Mm. How all the apartments, everything that's been sold, it's been sold to different people. That These individuals walk across the Olympic site and they feel out of place within it now. Mm. And these are the people who were brought up there. Mm. They don't get a space. And this era is beginning to change, that Noonham site, so much that two university campuses got chosen. UCL and Loughborough will have campus there. And what will be very surprising is that the V&A Museum have chosen a site in Stratford. It's a huge change, and it was seen. We're going to be inclusive of the people who are brought up within that vicinity. With all that change that's happened, we're going to give them the opportunities and all the chances. But it's shocking. The unemployment rates for this vicinity is one of the highest, top ten in the uk so when people say to me karen how does geography matter i talk about it you know when i teach sometimes on global cities i teach about the 32 stops the central line mm. and what people don't realize is where you live on it will even have a health impact educational impact mm. economic impact if you live in bank station to give you an example you live eight to ten years longer than if you live in east london mm. So again, that's why that geography, that understanding of those places matter. And then I'll be writing reports to give to the councillors of differences that need to be made from the ground
1: up. So, yeah, I think... There has been a lot of good work, but there's a lot of work to be done to make sure that these students feel comfortable in these spaces. And even when they graduate and they leave university, like you mentioned, I work in Canary Wharf and Canary Wharf is in Tower Hamlets, which is one of the, I think, the second poorest borough in London. And a lot of students, young people that live in the area, can see Canary Wharf, but that's just a world that's far away from them. And for a lot of them, they don't think they can ever aspire towards that but if you can reach out to these students from such a young age and it's never too late I don't think it's ever too late but if you can reach out to them from such a young age and inspire them and let them know that like you don't have to remain in your situation your current situation you could actually there's a world outside you if you want and if you are willing to kind of work hard like there are so many opportunities and I know it's not that simple that there's so many complexities to it but Every little helps, like I mentioned. It's not a Tesco advert, but like every little (laughs) does help. And just sowing seeds of just hope into a lot of people that can help inspire them to come to a place like Keys and hopefully have an amazing experience like I did.
2: I agree. It's not where you are in life. It's basically who you have by your side, who you get to listen to, that matters. Yes. Thank you to Karen
0: Clare and Hepzibah Adioson. In the next episode of For the Love of Learning, we're meeting two Keyans now working in the police and the RAF, who will talk about their life in uniformed services. Last year, the college held a garden party to celebrate 40 years of women at Keys. Some of the women who attended shared their memories of their time at the college with us.
3: My name is Tanya Bird, named Berman. I grew up in Harpenden, Hertfordshire. Arrived in 1980, the second year of women. So it was all a big adventure, really. We formed the first ever Keys ladies netball team and we have the photograph with us today and we are going to recreate the team photograph because of the eight in this photo that we think there are six of us here today. You know, we turned up at Keys, very much in a minority, welcomed I think by many aspects of the college, less so by some other aspects, and actually there was a sense of pioneering and that does engender camaraderie and so I think I think all of us have got, you know, a pretty good bond out of that. And what it sets you up for life is to know that you can go forward into areas and whatever doors you want to push on, whether they're open or not, you know, go ahead. And you know, it took six hundred years odd well, nearly six hundred years to bring women into Keys, but look at it now in that short spell of time the women have flourished here and that's a marvellous marvellous thing